And doing research for the homily this week, I, I came across a word I'd never heard of uh, before. It's a word that's now part at least of the Urban Dictionary, and the word is clout chaser. Clout chaser. By the look on your face, you've never heard it either for the most part as well. So that makes you feel a little better, by the way. But a clout chaser is, is a word used to describe someone, often an influencer, who tries hard to be relevant and desperate to attain fame. Someone who tries hard to be relevant and desperate to attain fame. I came across this word, by the way, because I had read a story a couple months ago of people who uh, are so desperate to attain prestige and an honor that uh, they, they rent out a fake plane. I'm not making this up. You can rent out a fake private plane to film your Instagram videos in. Really? And I thought, how much does this cost? It's actually a great deal. It's only $35 an hour, so that's great. But these, these people who are filming these, these videos are like, look how famous I am, look how great I am. I'm flying to Paris on a private jet with the champagne, or I'm flying to Vegas, wherever it is, and they're trying to present themselves in a way that they're, that they're not, and why? Because they want that, that fame, they're desperate for it. They want, to be, they want to be relevant. They want to be what? They want to be liked. But we know what this is. This is actually pride. That's what it comes down to. And it's not something that's happened in the last three or four years. We can go back to our gospel as well. And the Pharisees and, and the scribes, that what do they want? They want those seats of, of honor at the banquet in the synagogue. They want those, those salutations. And how do they do this? Well, they, they lord it over the people. They are the, the ruling class, and yet they refuse to do what? They refuse to help. Instead, they lord it over, and they just love all the acclaim that they receive without actually doing what they're called uh, to do. You know, in Matthew's Gospel, we, we, we hear over and over again, especially this, this year, it's year A of the Gospel, Matthew's A, Mark B, Luke C. In year A, we hear Matthew say over and over again, well, Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, what? That we are called to be humble. We hear that again today at the end of, of the Gospel. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The greatest among you must be what? Your servant. And so what does this look like? It means that we must humble ourselves. We've talked about humility before. What is, what is humility? What does being humble look like? Well, it's turning outward towards God. Asking him for help. Not turning inward toward ourselves. That's what pride is. Pride is that turning inward and looking only for salvation and goodness and happiness in ourself. And yet Jesus is telling us over and over again, no, 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 no. Be humble and I will raise you up. And we also know that it's in humility and in meekness that we're actually going to find what we are longing for. We hear about this in our responsorial psalm today as well. In you, Lord, 
I have found my peace. If we're longing for peace and and acclaim and, and in fame or in money or whatever it is, we're never actually going to attain it. It's only through the Lord. So how do we do that? Well, it's the catechism of the Catholic Church that tells us that it is humility that is the key, is the foundation in paragraph 2,559. It says, humility is the foundation of prayer. I would dare to say humility is the foundation, has to be the foundation of our life. Not turning inward, but turning outward towards God and allowing him to be there for us. Only when we humbly acknowledge that we do not know how to pray as we ought are we ready to receive freely the gift of prayer. That's what the Catechism says. Man is called to be what? Man is a beggar before God. Mm, I love that image. To be a beggar means what? That we humble ourselves. Maybe that's a beautiful thing to bring to prayer. Imagining yourself as a beggar before God. And unlike the beggars maybe that we see, God's not going to ignore us. He's going to give himself completely to us. And he's going to give us this, this peace that we are longing for. See, when we live in pride, what happens? When we live in pride, it messes up our, our whole life. I'd just like to share a little bit of, of a, a section of a book I read recently. And I, we're going to fix that microphone one of these weeks, by the way. All right. Um, but it's, it's a book that I've referenced before in this year A. It's maybe year A. This, this homily is maybe a recap of what we've preached about this year. But it's by, by Monsignor um, Eugene Boyan. It's written in the 1940s. But he says, this is what pride happens. Pride is one of the reasons why we are so anxious to exalt ourselves, to overestimate our own value and our own power, to resent anything that would tend to lower themselves in their own esteem or in that of others. Pride is because they see no other hope for their happiness save in themselves. That is often why the prideful are so touchy, so resentful of criticism, so impatient of opposition, so insistent on getting their own way, so eager to be known, so anxious for praise, so determined on ruling their surroundings. They clutch at themselves like drowning men clutch at a straw. And as life goes on, and they are still far from being satisfied, their attitude borders on the feverish and the hysterical. Whatever they may have got, they are certainly far from having found peace. That's what pride is. All those attributes of turning in towards oneself. The attitude of the man who has true Christian humility is just the opposite. His hope is placed in God. He sees no hope in himself. He has not to worry about getting his own way. All that matters is that God should get his way. And how can one say that? 
Well, in humility, realizing that God is greater than ourselves, that God cares for us greater than we can even care for ourselves, and that he is going to take care of us. So we must humbly submit to him. This does not mean, by the way, that we do not have gifts. God has given each and every one of us gifts, and we are called to use them, but not for the glorification of ourselves, but for the glorification of God. Not so that we may receive more followers, right? Or more esteem. That's not what our gifts are given to us for. But rather that God may receive more worshipers and more believers and more praise. My brothers and sisters, we know that we're not called to be clout chasers. So what are we called to be then? I would dare to say let's use a new word we're making up today. God chasers, right? That we chase God and his grace. But the beautiful thing is, he doesn't have to be chased. He's right here. Because he humbled himself to give himself to you and to me. And to give us all that we need. We don't need to chase him. Instead, we need to what? Humbly submit to him. Placing our trust in him. And knowing when we do this, what's going to happen? He is going to exalt us and give us the peace that we are longing for.